Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And welcome to our new platinum sponsor, Booster Digital Displays. Revolutionize your game day experience. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Today, we're staying right here in Florida, and we're visiting with Matt Warner. Matt is the assistant principal at Dunedin High School on the... um, Gulf Coast, just a little west of Tampa. Matt's in charge of athletics, facilities, and a lot of other things. He's also a member of our FIAAA Board of Directors. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. This is fantastic. I really enjoy being able to talk and uh, share with everybody. So I'm glad I'm doing this. And thank you very much again, Jake, for uh, making this all possible. And uh, all the years I've been on the board, you've been very, very supportive and helpful. So I, I really appreciate it. So it's a big chance for me to let everybody know that uh, you're, you're a valuable asset and a wealth of knowledge. So thanks oh, for everything. Nice. Yeah, you're, you're making me embarrassed. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, uh, as we talked about a little bit before we came on, it's a busy time uh, here in spring for our listeners. We're recording this uh, on April 2nd. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and maybe how your love of sports led to this career in athletic administration. Uh, so let's see, uh, family was military, and uh, my dad traveled all over the United States. So I went to a different third grade, fourth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh, then divorced, kid, ninth, and tenth. So every every year so um that was uh quite an interesting childhood so and then from there uh when you shift in from school to school to school all the time uh you kind of get picked upon a lot it's hard to make connections uh so i learned how to actually get along and and make a lot of connections but i also had to kind of learn how to defend myself so that's how i actually got into the sports and wrestling i started wrestling and did that seventh through uh high school um, and that was really uh, my major sport. I played football from uh, fifth grade up until sophomore year when I finally got ran over and realized that wasn't for me. So I stopped with wrestling. Uh, and then uh, went off and wrestled at uh, Appalachian State for a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned a lot from that process. Uh, absolutely loved Appalachian State. Um, but there is something that I've learned about making sure you fit with a program. Um, I was going to go wrestle at Lock Haven in Pennsylvania, 
Um, I would have been a great fit, I think, for that program, but not so much for the, the, the college. And App State was a great fit for the college, but not the program. So uh, that uh, not being able to fulfill everything I wanted to do wrestling in, in college actually, though, um, kept me hungry. I, uh, and then all of a sudden, when I finally graduated, which I will not lie, took about seven years because I really liked living up in Boone, North Carolina. The mountains were fantastic. I had a Jeep and a dog, and it was hard to get to class. But uh, when I finally did graduate, um, the first thing I did was go to a high school and, and ask to volunteer in the, co in the wrestling room. And uh, I did that, and a lot of things happened, long story. Story short, ended up getting my teaching certificate. Uh, started coaching as, as at the school, and um, there you go. Was a coach for 15 years. Uh, I always love hearing the stories, and you know, it can't help but make me think about my own journey. And you know, very similar. Uh, you know, knew I or I figured out I wasn't going to be an NFL player. Uh, but just loved the sport, uh, had been exposed to some coaching experiences and, and just, uh, you know, really got sucked in early. So great to hear. Um, in our position, you know, we always talk about the importance of leadership and mentoring. And I'm always curious, who were some of your mentors growing up? You know, maybe teachers or coaches or maybe people that you've worked with or worked for. Uh, the expression I always love to use is I still hear those voices in my head. So Whose voice do you still hear? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. That's probably the toughest question. When I look through the list of these things and try to prep if 20 minutes before start time, it counts. But, but I, you know, I read the questions. I don't know when, as soon as I got them and then kind of thought on them and looked at them again today. Uh, oddly enough, you know, as I said earlier, with me going from school to school to school to school and, and everything that's going on, um, I don't really, nothing really jumps out. I know that sounds horrible, uh, but I was incredibly self-motivated. I, and, and that, that self-motivation um, in a lot of ways to just kind of survive and, and um, not be miserable. Cause when you do shift from school to school to school every year and you just can't jump into everybody's story of their shared childhood with their best friends from years. So it was really hard. Um, I actually do remember, though, that once I kind of got out of high school and got into college, uh, I found myself, oddly enough, really being motivated by uh, individuals kind of like, it's going to sound odd, Alan Watts, Henry David Thoreau, um, a, a lot of those kind of more uh, self-help, spiritual kind of look at the, you know, the, the philosophy of world, Kierkegaard, so kind of those guys. Um, really just made me dig a lot deeper into the thought processes. Um, and that helps me a lot, uh, just view everything a little bit differently. Uh, then after that, I would say that, you know, I hear the first coach I worked under, uh, Coach Rackley, who was an Air Force pilot. And, you know, he, he taught me a lot. I still remember he looked at me one day and said, you know, we had a tough practice. I was really pushing the kids. And he's like, you know, what do you have when you have a bunch of dead wrestlers? And I'm really thinking it's really deep, you know, because of all the Kierkegaard stuff and, you know, stuff I was reading. And I, I, I said, I don't know. He goes, a bunch of dead wrestlers, you know, and it was, 
at that point, I realized sometimes things aren't that complex, you know, and, and I needed not to kill those guys. So that, that kind of came my motivation. And then oddly enough, uh, you know, the classics, Rocky. I mean, that's, that is one of my all-time favorites, you know. He didn't win, but he didn't quit. And I guess I've really been inspired by a lot of those great speeches, whether it's Rocky 1, 2, not really 3 too much. And then, uh, you know, Rocky 6, I think, is the one where he talks about life. No one hits as hard as life. Uh, and then we talk a lot about, you know, um, the, uh, the Al Pacino, you know, on any given Sunday, you know, game of inches. So and 12 angry men. So oddly enough, I think because I didn't have a lot of people moving around a lot, I found other ways to find that motivation. A lot of it came from readings, uh, movies, and things like that. Yeah, that's uh, so cool to hear. I mean, um, you know, I, I thought I moved around a lot growing up, uh, but boy, you, you got me beat by a mile. And uh, finding your own motivation, you know, through those various sources. Uh, I just think so, so cool. You mentioned Rocky that came out, you know, when I was in college and, uh, you know, everybody just sucked into, you know, all those motivational things. And uh, geez, Thoreau, Kierkegaard, you know, not everyone knows Kierkegaard was a wrestler back in the day. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> that's, I think maybe that's why you and I are, are agreeing a lot as uh, the discussion goes around the FIAAA table. You know, we, we both have an admiration of that. Very cool. Uh, Matt, share a little bit about that journey. You know, post-college, you talked about going to your local school and volunteering as a coach. Talk about how that led to your present position as the assistant principal at Dunedin. Um, I would move the camera around and show you, but I guess I can honestly say when even when I was in high school, I knew I wanted to teach. I love science. I love I love knowledge. I love sharing knowledge. Um, so the reason I would turn the camera around is I got a newspaper article from 1989 hanging on my wall, um, and it shows um, an elephant having its 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 trunk removed to get to the ivory. And uh, I, I said I was going to hang that in my classroom one day. So I eventually knew I would end up in a classroom. Though in college, my degree was science, biology, um, not teaching. I really wanted to dig into a little bit deeper, so to speak, that, that thinking side of me. Um, and then eventually, like I said, you know, I became a volunteer coach. I got into the school system. Uh, oddly enough, I swore I didn't really want to start my career until I turned 30. Uh, I really just kind of wanted to enjoy my 20s. That's why I kind of took a while to get out of college. Um, but almost to the date of turning 30, I ended up, you know, being hired as a science teacher and I uh, was living up in the Panhandle in Fort Walton Beach. I was uh, coaching at Fort Walton Beach as a volunteer, then head coach, and then I uh, got my teaching job up at Crestview High School. Crestview did not have a wrestling program, um, and I had a kid, Eric Flincham, who moved in from uh, Virginia. I rolled around with him and said, oh, my God, this, this kid's a state wrestler, and uh, went to the school principal, and we immediately got a wrestling program at Crestview High School. Uh, at the end of that year, my first, my second year, I was my second year at Crestview, um, they downsized. I uh, had to leave. Uh, Eric stayed, thank goodness, and uh, actually that year he ended up winning the state title, so that was that was exciting. I, oh, I, wow, that's great. I realized, you know, at that point that we really do have impact 
on people's lives, you know, that it's a wonderful life. You know, if you really did pull yourself out, what would happen? Um, so I'd always heard about Coach Frere down here at Countryside High School. Um, was always impressed with that. So I said, I, I want to move to Pinellas County. That's where a lot of wrestling's at. And uh, long story short, I sent out 10 applications to basically every high school in this county at the time. And one of them needed a wrestling coach and a science teacher. And uh, I got here. And for 15 years, I uh, was the head wrestling coach at Clearwater. You know, we were a, a solid average program year in and year out. And, and I was, uh, you know, really in it for the kids and, and getting them to grow and be the best they could be. And, uh, and then after about 12 years in the classroom, I realized I was always going to be in the classroom and I, I wanted to impact more. So I had a big question. Do you impact more students and athletes as a teacher or as an administrator? Um, and it's always a great conversation to have that discussion with people. I decided to go ahead and try to get an administration. And, and then I, I did. I did. That school I was uh, helping out at had the uh, AP over athletics transfer and the wrestling coach actually here at Dunedin, Mark Allison, and I knew each other and he said, hey, why don't you apply here? And uh, he helped, helped uh, get, put a good name in for me. And uh, at one point from him and I being, uh, you know, rivalries on the mat to uh, him and I working together. So, and now I've been here at Dunedin over athletics for uh, six years. And uh, you, you mentioned earlier about the love of sports. You know, I was all about wrestling. I could barely throw a Frisbee. And uh, I remember sitting here and didn't quite realize that I, you know, I might know coaching, but I didn't know a lot about other sports. And I'll never forget this quick story. I got a phone call from our groundskeeper asking me if I wanted him to put the soccer goals together. And I was like, what do you mean the soccer goal? I was so clueless when it came to 16 other sports. So I, uh, I've i learned a lot about loving sports and, and all sports um, since taking this position. And these are just the sort of things that, you know, our listeners love and, and that we want them to hear. I think particularly, you know, what you mentioned about, you know, the connections that you made as a coach you know, you, you know, coaching against your rival, obviously, uh, there was a respect, respectful relationship between the two of you. And then later on, when that opportunity came to, you know, join his team, you know, it wasn't, well, geez, not that guy, he's a knucklehead, you know, it was no, hey, that's the kind of guy, or that's the kind of person we want at our school. And uh, as far as the sports, you know, uh, um, I, I can remember those same type of adventures with sports that I did not play or had not coached. And, you know, you know what are you talking about? And it's, uh, it's always uh, neat, the things that fall on our desk as uh, administrators and ADs. Okay. Matt, one of the things that we uh, prided ourselves on with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. And you've been at a number of different schools. Um, and, you know, this is a chance for you to brag a little bit. Okay. Uh, what are a couple things that you guys do um, at your school that you're particularly proud of and that you look at as an AD and you say with equal parts pride and humility, you know, boy, we do this better than anybody. Uh, what are a couple of best practices at Dunedin? Um, I think one of them is, is really communication. 
um, with all of us. It, it, I remember, you know, some schools we'd have, you know, the coaches meeting at the beginning of the year, and that would be the one meeting where we all kind of come together. And then really we all go our different paths. I, I, I really wanted the coaches to have more involvement and be more involved with the coaches as much as I really could without having them feel like I'm a Jerry Jones or something down on the sideline. I, I think there's a fine line between supporting them and, and really kind of being in their way. Um, and that, that's really big. So what, one of the things we did is uh, we don't have a yearly coaches meeting. Uh, if anything, traditionally now what we do is we have a season's coaches meeting. So we'll meet all the fall sports coaches together. And then we meet with all the winter coaches together. Then we meet with all the spring coaches together and it keeps it a little smaller it makes the coaches you know lack of a better word paid a little more attention than they do when they're in large groups because they're coaches um and and we kind of deal with the issues that we have for the beginning of the fall and then i can take those issues and roll it into the winter and then the fall winter and roll that into spring and it gets all the coaches coming together um from those seasons and i, I really like doing that a lot uh, I also, we really promote all of our coaches to make sure any kind of professional development we do on the campus. And I, I, I love the FIAAA, the NIAAA, and I know you guys have all those endorsements, and I fully support those and the PD. Um, but I know on campus, we try to also do as much professional development we can in-house um, versus signing up for classes and courses and things that are, you know, specific to us. So. We, uh, we, we try to do our CPR as simple as CPR. We do that as all of our coaches come together in one room and we do it all at one time. And we do that every two years. And that's kind of a fun, fun event for us now. Uh, we also try to, you know, do kind of a, a thing where we can get the coaches, not this year, but in previous years, you know, a luncheon or something like that to get the coaches to really get to know each other. Because the more they know each other, they interact with each other the nicer they are to each other. They understand each other's dilemmas and challenges a lot better when they get to know each other. So I think we do a lot of that. Uh, professional developments really kind of, as I said, mentioned last year before um, COVID took over, we actually had um, Professional Coaches Alliance. I really like them, work with them a lot. Um, and I had them actually come on campus. We did something where we brought three teams. So we had the coaches and their team come in and we brought the baseball, softball, and boys basketball teams together for a 12-week professional development for coaches and players and teaching them leadership. And we put that out there. Um, so we, we, we really want to do a lot of the professional development, you know, as we can on campus. And if I had to really brag about anything, um, and I'm not much for bragging, I tend to be very quiet, but I I'm pretty happy we've been the, it's runner up, which, you know, no one should celebrate runner up, maybe it's different philosophies, but the Roselle runner up oh, yeah. for sportsmanship. I, I was pretty proud of that because unfortunately, a lot of times schools aren't nominated. So the only way they kind of get in is by not having any ejections, any unsportsmanlike. So for, you know, three years in a row, you know, we were a part of that. Two of those years, we were actually runner up and I found some stuff that happened on the third year, why we didn't make the runner up. But me looking back at three years of, of Dunning High School and not a single unsportsmanlike our ejection out of 17 sports, basically, and all the players and all the games, 
I, I just I don't think that happens by accident. I think that happens because there's a lot of stuff going on with us communicating, you know, together and all of us being kind of on the same page about what our picture is for our athletes. Um, and and it, it, it is how they handle themselves, how we want them to grow up, how they deal with their emotions. And, and we talk about that a lot. And I think it paid off because I said that's, that's a huge number of events. Um, I think the, uh, the other side of that, though, just a sidebar, is this year we finally did have an injection. Um, one, and it, it came from a girls, girls of sport, which is very unheard of, but I think it also goes to some of the other PD we've had this year, specifically about the stress of the COVID, the situation, what everybody's been going through. And I think that was kind of evident by some of the, the additional challenges we had this year, like that individual being ejected was, was very out of place for our school. And I, I can't help but feel we had some other close calls. And I think, you know, it shows that, the, the, that COVID has impacted everybody and really made things real stressful. So it might have been a very different story if we hadn't had so much PD on that stuff. We're going to talk about uh, your COVID response here in just a second. But I, I don't want to minimize what you uh, shared there about you know, your communication and how that has impacted your coaches, which has impacted your student athletes in the area of sportsmanship. Um, for our listeners, the Roselle Award is given out um, at various levels, you know, school size um, for, you know, the programs that exhibit the best sportsmanship. And one of the qualifiers is that you cannot have had any ejections during the year. And I have always been, as an AD, uh, a big proponent of sportsmanship. And I have always shared with our coaches that the Roselle Award is the only award that our state presents. There is a trophy, but it's the only award that there's cash. You know, it's $3,500 to that state champion. And we were fortunate enough at one of my schools to win that one year. And, you know, guess what? We put that into the coaches fund and, you know, had a nice little ceremony. So, you know, I tell our kids and coaches, you know, we do it because it's the right thing. But hey, we also get some cash. So uh, so that's great to hear. And obviously a testament to your leadership. You know, well done. And if you ever need uh, a guest speaker to come in, uh, a different voice, uh, I've got a lot of programs. I'd love to come down to your school and, and share with your coaches. Okay. Um, we are, as I mentioned, recording this on April 2nd. So we're past the one-year anniversary of COVID, you know, impacting our programs. But uh, hopefully we won't have to ask this question, you know, in a few more interviews, but we're going to ask it today. Um, Matt, what um, uh, was your response at Dunedin, you know, maybe, you know, this year and continuing this year um, with not just return to play, but return to school? And I'm going to couch it, you know, for our listeners. Uh, I have friends uh, in my career, I've traveled literally all over this country. And so when something gets posted about Florida, whether it's up in the panhandle or in Miami or anywhere in between, you know, they think that that's symbolic of the entire state and it's not. And uh, Dunedin, for our listeners, is kind of in the Clearwater area, which a year ago kind of got a black eye for spring breakers and some crazy comments that took place. So again, you know, Mark's high school, or excuse me, Matt's high school is in that area, but you know, it's, Florida is a very diverse state. So 
having set that up, Matt, what you what have you guys done this year in response to COVID academically as well as athletically? Um, you know, the, the district has taken a strong leadership position and, and made sure a lot of protocols were out there and all the resources we needed and communicating to the parents. So on the you know academic side, we had the ability for kids to go face to face or stay online like a lot across the state. So the academic side was, was taken care of. From the athletic side, um, you know, that was that was real touch and go. As we all know, everything that was going on, trying to even figure out when the season was going to start and, and, and the real kind of split down the middle of, you know, each area should make their own decisions or should there be a state decision. So, you know, I still remember watching all of that and, uh, you know, the impacts and knowing, knowing when things were going to start and, you know, each family having its own concerns. So, you know, when we sat down, myself and the administration team, you know, principal, Mr. Kiplinger, to really try to figure out what we wanted to do from the COVID approach at our school, you know, the number one thing for us was to ensure that, you know, families feel safe, that they feel like that we understand the magnitude of this situation. And one of the ways we definitely did that is for every sport, we would have meetings Zoom um, and in our auditorium, if they, they pre-signed up to let us know our, how many would be there so we could space them out when we were allowed. But we met with parents and, and brought them in basically kind of a town hall meeting set up and said, fire away, ask us your questions. What do you want to know about our protocols? What do you want to know how we're handling things? What do you want? What can we do to help put your mind at ease? What are your fears? Um, and we did that for football. We did that for volleyball. We did that for every single sport, especially in the fall. And then again, in the winter, not so much with spring, because by then most of our players have already been involved in one other sport. But I, it was huge to let those people who had those concerns have a, a place to see if they could get those answered. Um, and it helped with our numbers because then I think parents were more willing to let bring their kids into the, you know, back into the athletics because they felt comfortable with what we had going. It was, it was, it was huge. And in the coaches, that was one of those things where I met with each coaches and their staff 101. So me and the football coach would sit in here with his staff and we wanted to make sure that they felt comfortable, that they had the answers to all the questions. They had all the resources they needed so that they would feel good rolling this out um, and, and feel prepared when they, when they went out there to run practices and, and meet parents. So that I think was real, real crucial to our success. I know um, obviously I think about every program's had quarantines, but I, I know our football coach was very ecstatic that the program went all the way through without any quarantines, you know, from the players, uh, we didn't have any big breakouts of, you know, that happening with our, any of our sports programs. And uh, I honestly can't think of one parent phone call this entire year of, uh, of an issue with it. They all felt like we've really addressed it, um, that we stuck to it. Um, so that was our response, putting everybody's mind at ease and, and standing, so to speak, sometimes in front of the uh, so-called firing squad 
of what are you doing with this? What are you doing about that? How are you going to guarantee my kids' protection? What about my grandparents? And you know, and we had answers to all of that. And if we didn't, we would we get back to them. So again, like you said, communication, communication, open, honest, face to face through Zoom, but we had it. Yeah, what a great um, you know reflection and illustration of what you talked about earlier is communication and how that can really alleviate a lot of challenges down the road uh, where communication might not have occurred. So, wow, great job. Uh, Matt, another question we've been asking our athletic directors uh, revolves around the idea of social awareness or social justice, if you will. And uh, my question has been this, uh, what are some things that we can do as administrators, as ADs, as leaders, what are some things that we can do better um, in this area of social awareness for our students, for our teams, for our communities? Um, what can you share with us? I think it gets back to what I said earlier, uh, you know, TD short for professional development, player development, coaching development, um, you know, the communication piece, open, honest. Uh, we, we do a lot here in the county with restorative practices, um, you know, trying to get the coaches involved in that. Uh, a lot of listening, more listening than probably talking. Um, but when I think about what we, we you know, the, the Black Life Matters, just to be honest, you know, we all have athletes and, and they all have their feelings and their families have their feelings. And there's been a lot of that, as you know, going on this 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 time period, um, and some are going to take a knee during, you know, the national anthem during your football game. You know, these are real questions that you know people have, and, and as I said earlier, you know, the, those are tough, difficult discussions. But hiding from them, <laughs> half the time probably hiding from it works, but eventually, I think it always is going to eventually come out. Uh, so I would rather be, you know, for forefront of it, in front of it. So, you know, for some of that, you know, I, I asked my coach, I said, you know, you need to have a talk with your players. You need to find out what, how they're feeling about this subject. And, you know, a lot of times kids will not come out in front of the whole group, but because you brought up that question, you've planted a seed. Your players are now thinking, they're going home and talking and thinking. And then they come back and want to pull the coach to the side and say, hey, coach, I'm thinking about this. And, you know, and, and, and then we're able to address it. And then no one's caught off guard. Then there's, there's no surprises. And, you know, it's true. Uh, some Supreme Court person says, you know, you know, kids, you know, freedom of speech doesn't stop at the gates. So, you know, we have to remember that. Coaches have to remember that. Um, but you also can't have disruption in the school environment. You know, that's the catch. That's the, the you know, their, their freedoms don't stop but they can't disrupt this environment. And you gotta find that balance and that's gotta be a discussion and bringing everybody to the table. And that gets back to, which I do like a lot of the training that we receive on the restorative practices and, and how to manage those kind of conversations. So we did that with, again, our football team, cause that was probably the biggest one where we had concerns the most public, you know, display out there on the field of those type of things. So we addressed those. Um, and we got through it with, you know, good conversations and no one's feeling being hurt. I also think when I mentioned earlier about having teams do professional development together, I, you know, when you live in isolation, I don't think that's ever good. 
So getting my basketball team to hang out with my baseball team, to hang out with the softball team for 12 um, sessions all on leadership was fantastic. And, and when you can get a couple groups or a couple kids that are those leaders, and then they, they spread that through the whole school and they've been on other teams and then they're showing this leadership to other, other individuals. It, it's just, it's a tidal wave effect that I think has really helped Dunedin, uh, you know, excel. I, as I said, with, you know, three years, no ejections, it, it's excelled. Our, all of our programs are doing well. Um, you know, football teams, finally, I mean, I, it's, probably, it's no secret, we went three years without a win. You know, there, that, that was a lot of, you know, um, hard work to turn that whole program around. Um, and, you know, we, we're getting wins now and we're, you know, and that pride to the kids on the campus. So, but again, all, all back to, you, you got to have those tough conversations. You got to be open, honest, and I, I'll probably mention this later, but real communication, not just communication, but real communication. Well, and again, that's kind of been a theme that you've stressed. And I think it illustrates itself. You know, you talk to the importance of listening and having those conversations. You know, I mean, that's that's you know, baseline foundational for communication. So great stuff. Okay. Well, Matt, this has been a lot of fun talking with you. Like I said, I always enjoy uh, sitting next to you at the table, um, but we're not done yet. Uh, we no. always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. We've already established that you're an experienced, successful AD, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Matt Warner's athletic director toolbox? But I wrote down five. Then let's hear five. <laughs> no. Uh, the first thing that pops to my mind is a calendar. I, it, it, it seems so simple, but it is, it is huge. And on my wall, and I can't show you right now, I've, I've got a calendar, a huge, basically old-fashioned dry notebook <laughs> calendar. And, and it is on this wall. It's, it's four foot by eight foot. It represents three months, and that calendar is huge, um, and it's visible. So anybody walks into my office, any of the coaches, any of the plan operators, the other administrators because of testing, the teachers, everybody can walk into my office, look at that wall, and they know when our home games are away, our away games are away, SAT testing, district, huge district events, coaches meetings, and it, it's it's the big stuff because as a new AD, and I didn't realize this till I became an AD, that calendar is your life and everybody's life. And if you miss something, it is it is a horrible domino effect. It's just horrible. And it and it's you know in the classroom and I have been teaching forever. I don't get that paper graded on time. It really is not the end of the world. It really isn't. I know it's important, and I and I want to get feedback to the students. But if I miss that bus, that bus doesn't show up. All those kids are sitting outside, and then all of a sudden, I find out that we can't get a bus 
It's too far away. The kids can't drive down there. Oh, no, the other school's waiting. They've got all these people, refs, gate workers, you know, the trainers down there. They're prepped. And, oh, wait a minute, it's their senior night. It's, it's their last home event. The parents just decorated. So I cannot stress the value of a calendar and making sure that it is current, up-to-date, and you can't look at it enough. So that's the first one. I think the second one, I mentioned this earlier, is real communication. Um, and and I, I keep putting that word real right in front of it. Uh, I Email is not real communication. I'll just be honest. I am not a huge email fan. I think it is an incredible tool for putting out information and verifying. We have a game today, right? Hey, quick email back. Those things are powerful, but that's not a place to deal with making a coach feel comfortable with new COVID protocols. That, that, that's not real communication, doing that through an email. Um, you have to really bring coaches in, parents in, even athletes at time in. They all want to email. They all want to text. They all want to leave a voice message. I think we've lost a little bit of the value. COVID did not help, but there's still Zoom like we're doing here that we can have a real dialogue, really communicate. Um, my emails, I try to keep them short, and a lot of times it'll just say, please come visit let's let's have a good discussion um I, I i think one of my favorite i mentioned earlier about my motivation or my, my my the people who motivated me came from movies so i will go back to uh the last samurai when tom cruise has been you know hijacked so to speak in prison and he's yelling at komodo whatever his name, his name was that nice guy the guy goes, we've, we've had a good conversation. I know your name. You know my name. We greeted each other. That was a good conversation. And I, I believe in that. I took that to heart. So as a new AD, get to know your coaches. Get them in your office. Don't stay away. Like I said, it's a fine line with that Jerry Jones. But you've got to get to know them. You've got to listen to them. You've got to listen to the parents. And that was the other. The third one really was listen. Listen more then you talk. And I get to talk a lot today because I'm getting interviewed. But all in all, you should listen far more, far more than you talk. And let the coaches talk. Let the parents talk. Let the kids talk. Try not to interrupt them. If you have to, take a notepad. And every time you have a thought, write down the questions so you don't have to interrupt them so that they can keep their flow. But, you know, the calendar, the real communication. And I said, that's, that's, that's hard. That's hard. To, you know, everybody wants to do something in an email because it's fast. It's efficient. You know, but a good conversation could take 20, 30 minutes. And you, you're thinking of all the other things you have to do as an AD and, and being pulled. And you're like, I need to be efficient. I need to be efficient. But the real honest communication has to happen. And it needs to be frequent. Uh, I love it. Great, great stuff. And I, I really love the uh, the calendar. I don't have the wall calendar, but I have the old school written calendar. And, you know, I'll tell coaches that hey, if it's not in that book, it doesn't exist. Okay. I don't care what website you're looking at. So, 
Matt Warner, if uh, one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, I know you just said you don't like email, but what's the best way that they can uh, get a hold of you and uh, find out how you do things there at Dunedin High School? Well, you're right. But remember, I said emails are great for like information back with you. Email me and say, I would love to talk. And we would, we, I would give phone numbers back and forth and we would go from there. So my email is pretty simple. It's uh, W-A-R-N-E-R-M-A at PCSB, which is Pinellas County School Board.org. Um, but definitely, you know, as, as a fellow uh, AD and us all being on FIAAA, we're, we're supposed to be here for everybody. Um, anybody's ever in the, in the Dunedin area, let me know. Stop by visit. As I said, I, I do, pulling from last summer, I do love good conversation. Um, so I, I, I listen well. I want to hear what everybody else has to say. I learn from everybody as well as hopefully they can learn a few small tricks from me as well. But Email is probably the best way to get a hold of me, um, and, and I'm very good at email. As I said, it's just it's not how I want to communicate with people to have an honest, good conversation. Okay. Matt Warner, Dunedin High School, uh, Gulf Coast, Florida. Thanks so much for being on the show today. You and I have got a uh, state conference coming up in a few weeks in Orlando, so we're going to get to yep. see each other. But thanks again for being a guest. Not a problem. I'm very, very honored. And uh, thanks for having me. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. And uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in. Come back again for another episode of the Educational AD. Hi, everybody.